The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn from savvy, street-smart entrepreneurs how to make the leap from running a stressful business that's always putting out fires to leading a successful company that is innovative, productive, profitable. Now, here's Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge. I'm Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My motto is, if you do what you always did, you will get what you always got. Therefore, move outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. So let's start right now to bring some magic to your business with Marsha's Musings. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Listeners, mistakes are gifts. I've said that many times. I've learned more from my failures than from my successes, and I've made some whoppers. Our goof-ups or slip-ups can be the most powerful teachers we have. Here's why. First, they grab our attention. They have a way to put crucial problems right in our face. They point out something needs to be dealt with now. Recently, I gave the wrong dates to two guests for this program. Once I realized it, I quickly called them, acknowledged my goof-ups, apologized, and then worked with them to reschedule. The lesson I learned as someone who is not inclined to be detail-focused, is to review my calendar and all my correspondence to ensure I provide correct information. Secondly, mistakes make us notice our individual actions. At times, our instinctive reaction to a mistake, a goof-up, a failure, is to fix blame elsewhere. The classic is, the dog ate my homework. Others are, somebody should have told me about this, or that was to be done by Sally's department, not mine. Instead, we should look for our role in the situation. To take responsibility for the mistake is not fun, however, yet the act of doing so points to what we can do differently the next time. So here's a smart moves tip. Some people, when faced with a big goof up or slip up, ignore or make excuses. Instead, we should use them to learn, grow, and be better leaders. One way to get maximum benefit from mistakes is to examine them with these two powerful questions. First, what did I learn about me, about others, 
about the situation from that experience? And two, what will I do differently next time? And how will I be different in the future? Listeners, how well do you measure up to those who are on the success track? Find out by taking the Entrepreneur Edge and the Emotional Intelligence Profiles. You'll get immediate feedback and a personalized report to power on and power up your leadership performance. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Today's program, carrying out the theme of the entrepreneurial journey, is in search of real engagement. Discouraged by the decline in genuine engagement across the social media platforms, my guest, Dennis Patoko, founder, publisher, and executive editor of BizCatalyst360.com, set off with his team on a journey to build a different and prospectively better engagement platform. Following a nine-month development project, investing in time, talent, and dollars, they unanimously decided to simply pull the plug. What triggered this decision? What lessons were learned? What's next on the drawing board? We are going to find out how a failure can turn into something much better. Welcome, Dennis. It's a pleasure to have you on the Business Edge. Great to be on your show, Marcia. I'm very pleased to be your guest. And let me tell you, as you were doing the introduction there, I scribbled down three words that just resonate perfectly with our chat today, and that's mistakes, whoppers, and wisdom, because I've got all three of them for you. <laughs> well, great. You know, um, uh, I wanted to say to the listeners that I've known uh, Dennis for the probably the past maybe two years or so. We've had many conversations on the phone, but have never met. And um, he's one of my favorite people to talk with. And I get so much from our conversations. So I really want to move into, you know, this, this uh, program with you by asking you first, Dennis, um, just to give people a, a, a background, what is BizCatalyst360.com and what was the impetus to create this social media platform? Oh, great question, Marsh. I'll give you a little background on what inspired us to move forward with it by telling you a little bit more about what we're about. But starting with the inspiration, uh, in a prior life, I spent many, many years in commercial banking and international banking, traveling around the world, opening new businesses. And I got to tell you, I became more and more frustrated by just how time-consuming and difficult it was to find current, relevant, quality information on the Internet from any number of topics across the business spectrum. It was out there, but it took a lot of time. You know, you're trapped in airports. You've got 20 minutes to maybe do some research. So, frankly, just frustrated by going to site after site where I was spending more time blocking pop-ups and sales pitches versus researching, I said to my wife, someday when this life settles down, I have a vision 
And that vision ultimately came about about well over three and a half years ago. The vision was, and this is from day one, to create a one-stop destination for rich, unique, relevant, quality, and remarkable thought leadership. Now, that's pretty fundamental on day one, but when you're talking to a guy that has no technical background <laughs> and is, is surrounded by just a handful of people, when I, and when I talk about thought leadership, I mean the kind of evergreen insight. And it's written in a way that people can read it today or read it a year from now, and it's still relevant. And, and, you know, we don't publish breaking news. We publish the kind of content that you can do something with what you're done reading. So mm-hmm. I don't have a technical background, but I'm told the success that we've enjoyed to date has been the fact that it's been built frankly, from a user-friendly perspective versus a technical perspective. And just wrapping up that thought, you know, we now have over 200 columnists and contributors on six continents, which brings not only my original vision of great content, but a broader cultural-driven perspective, which is simply invaluable. And... um and I have seen it grown, and just for um, the, the uh, listeners out there, I'm one of the contributors, and that's how I got to know Dennis, and, um, and, and his vision inspired me, uh, because again, I, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not tra- a trained writer, um, I'm trained in the human resource prof- profession, coaching, training, and so you gave me the, the courage and the uh, um, an encouragement to to write. So I want to thank you for that. Um, now that you gave the background of Biz Catalyst 360, I want to move on to the project that you were involved in for nine months, and you pulled the plug. So um, that project is called Biz Tribes 360. And talk a bit about what was the inspiration for that, because three, Biz Catalyst 360 was is very successful. And so yeah. when you decided to do, you know, Biz Tribes 360, in the back of my mind, I was saying, what is he trying to do with this? How is that going to be different? So talk a bit about that. Happy to do so. Um after about three years of spreading this marvelous content written by you, Marsha, and other, many other folks around the globe, you know, we're sitting here saying we've got over 13,000 articles now. I'm just remarkable, deep thought leadership. We've been spreading it across all the social media channels, particularly LinkedIn, and I'm going to come back to LinkedIn and focus on that mm-hmm. because that was one of our inspirations. But So we've been building a following with hundreds of thousands people, we began to capture a lot of feedback from people, and they kept saying, look, we, would, we like what you do. We love your content. Can't you do something different from LinkedIn in that example? Uh, we want a safe, quiet, respectful place without all the other clutter to genuinely come back to what we all used to do, and that's engage in thoughtful discussion. And perhaps it can be triggered by the same quality content you folks already have. So that kind of forced us to step back a little bit and say, wait a minute, there's probably something going on here because we've been on LinkedIn for a long time and we kind of got a grip of what they were talking about. And when I say clutter on LinkedIn, I'm talking about, I need to give you a little history for those of you that are unfamiliar, which is rare with LinkedIn. Up until February of 2014, LinkedIn publishing, which means people publishing directly on their platform uh, behind LinkedIn, 
who's about 150 what I'll call brand name authors like Jack Welch, Richard Branson, people of that caliber who would mm-hmm. share what we can all call authentic thought leadership. Everything else shared on LinkedIn back then, particularly across the groups, was coming from members like you and me who shared content from different websites and blogs. Mm-hmm. There was plenty, plenty of room for engagement, plenty of room for discussion, plenty of room for thought. But when in February of 2014, LinkedIn decided to what I'll call open the floodgates for anyone <laughs> and everyone to begin publishing directly on LinkedIn, and at that time, they had just about 270 million members, which from our perspective was the beginning of the end of engagement. Why? Because when they started uh, allowing anybody to publish, there were no editorial standards, no control, the quality content went way downhill, the quality of promotional pitches went way upward, so it was open season. Here it, here it was then two and a half years later, and many folks have just given up on the content side because there's so much clutter, and yet it's those same folks that were the engagers, that liked the good content, that wanted to engage and have intelligent discussions. Now, we were fortunate that prior to those floodgates being open, we had already developed 29 large groups across LinkedIn with over 100,000 members. So we were able to continue to block or moderate the avalanche of content that I just mentioned, which left room for us to continue to share those articles written on our site. Many members and many group owners just became frustrated with LinkedIn, not just the content coming across, but there were a lot of other technical challenges coming with LinkedIn's growth. And uh, they just couldn't engage the way they used to, so they just took off. So today, in relative terms, you've got a relevant, what I'll call elephant graveyard when it comes to the level of engagement that we all witnessed in the early days. So we stepped back, listened to a lot of people, and inspired by these followers, said, look, we're going to try and see if we can build something, not a Me Too, not another LinkedIn, but something based on what we'll call a concept of inspired engagement. Okay. And, you know, that gives us a real history of where you were and where you are, you know, what you were trying to do. So um, so now that you've decided that you wanted to do something, you know, to bring back engagement, what path did you follow to get ready for the launch of Biz Tribes 360? And, we, you know, we have a couple of minutes and then we may carry it over. So let's, you know, give, give some, thought, uh, some ideas of... Uh, what did you do once you had this, okay. this, this goal? Well, okay. we, we had the typical whiteboard up in the room and said, let's sit down and talk about what we're hearing from the people. We've got a lot of people coming forward. They're, they're excited. They want us to do something there. We already have that which a lot of people didn't have, and that's, again, this archive of quality content that people could talk about. So the, uh, the easier challenge might be to build a platform where we can make it available to people. So we gathered our team of interns and other people and started down the road to building uh, a home where we thought genuine engagement could take place. And again, with all all that clutter I mentioned earlier, we spent months talking to dozens upon dozens of friends, family, professionals, networkers, technical people, simply to come up with what I'll call features and functions. What do you want it to look like when it grows up? And we, we ultimately christened it Biz Tribes, and that, that, frankly, was inspired by a book written many years ago by a guy named Seth Godin that many yes. people know. The book was called Tribes, and that, that by itself has achieved somewhat of a cult status. One of, one of the many things I read in Seth's book 
which really inspired me to get this thing going. He was talking about that, I'm going to quote from the book, like-minded individuals will always form around a particular cause, a particular movement, or a particular shared interest because it's human nature in the social order of things and communities. And these people will gather as tribes, and that's the word he used back then. And he said that dates back centuries. People just congregate around common thinking. So I said to my team, boy, that's what we're trying to build here, tribes, like-minded people wanting the same <laughs> thing. So our, our notion was to build a series of tribes founded upon a number of topics that might be interesting to people, like leadership, like change management, like soft skills, like human capital. You get down the list, but things that people are talking about and bring together like-minded people who really wanted to engage under these what I'll call topical umbrellas. For phase one, we had created five tribes, each of which would be inspired by an umbrella question coming from an article written from one of our authors. And then, you know what, Dennis? I'm going to stop yeah. you here because sure. I mean, we can carry this over to the next segment. But now okay. it's time for a short break. I'm Marcia Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Dennis Patoko, publisher of Biz Catalyst 360, talking about in search of real engagement. In the next segment, we'll hear more from Dennis and how he started had that process of launching Biz tribes and then what the realization was after they were doing that so stay tuned uh this uh, to the business edge and voice america business channel become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. Are you starting a business, growing a business, or investing in businesses? How well do you stack up to successful entrepreneurs? Do you have the right leadership and talents to build profitable, saleable companies? Find out if you're on the right success track by taking the Entrepreneur Edge and the Emotional Intelligence Profiles. You'll get fast, personalized feedback with your top success factors and the top smart moves to power on and power up your business performance. Start right now. Go to smartmovescoach.com and click on Success Profiles. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're tuned in to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel, to reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to the business edge. 
Welcome back to The Business Edge. I'm Marcia Seidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Dennis Patoko, editor of BizCatalyst 360, sharing his entrepreneurial journey in the search for real, genuine engagement. And at the end of the last segment, uh, Dennis was talking about um, the, the, the project that he was working on uh, to bring more engagement uh, to, to people who are interested in thought leadership ideas. And he had worked with a number of people to come up with what what would be called biz catalyst, a uh, biz tribes, um, and um, and then you know he also and how that that happened was that he read Seth Godin's book about tribes, and they said, okay, we're really we're 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 moving forward, and so um, Dennis, just kind of complete that your thought of sure. that the idea of what did you think it would look like? What would Biz Catalyst uh, Biz uh, Tribes three hundred and sixty look like for you? Well. Again, inspired a little bit by the notion of tribes, because effectively, it's like the light bulb went off when I read that book on an airplane, saying this is exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring like-minded people together. So, uh, add a boy, Seth, and we said, that's what we're going to call it, Biz Tribes 360, and we're going to come up with some umbrella concepts. This is all talking about phase one, which, you know, like any project, you start with phase one, and then you fine-tune it. Phase one was going to be five tribes five different topics, each of which would be inspired by what I'll call an umbrella question, which would be coming right from an article written by one of our authors. Marsha, it could have been one of your your articles, mm-hmm. for that matter. And we turn it into a question, and then we invite Marsha to help moderate her question, and all of these people would come into that discussion like they used to do on LinkedIn, but in this case, it would be on our site. And the tribal door would be open to anyone and everyone who wanted to join the dialogue without any other clutter. It is just the leader of the pack or the tribe, which would be Marsha in that case, the topic, the question, the article they can read, and open dialogue in terms of where that takes the discussion. And that was that was your idea, your dream, you, what you were focusing on. So... Now, what happened? <laughs> Where did it go? Okay. <laughs> now we're into mistake swappers and wisdom again. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because a lot of people might take an approach here that you know, is defensive or depressed. Frankly, we were a bit inspired. Uh, we learned a lot, and I'm going to get into that in just a minute. But what happened was this. We spent nine months. We listened to everybody. We got commitments from people to help out. We got inspired. We did reading. Uh, everything you can imagine. And what happened was we severely, and I mean severely, underestimated the true level of what I'll call indifference, disengagement, or perhaps it's just market saturation, too much social media, too much content. And I'm not picking just on LinkedIn there. I'm talking across the board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, say, well, how could that happen? Well, we captured a lot of enthusiasm. We captured a lot of pledges of support from people and professionals. But how did we know it wasn't going to work? Well, we spent 
well, let me see, probably uh, six months of that nine months, even though it wasn't quite ready, we knew what it was going to be. So we spent that promoting it, saying, let's go out and tell the world across all social media networks what this vision is, what this tribes is, how it's going to work. It'll work that way. It's not ready yet, but let's get them to register so we can see the level of interest and excitement building. Um, six months later, after constant promotion across social media and other means, we had just over 100 people. And so, and many of the commitments made to collaborate with us once we were launched or in the phase one were swept aside from people who had other commitments or other distractions. So in the end, it's like being all dressed up where nowhere to go. Our choice was to either jump in deeper, invest countless more hours, more dollars, more fine-tuning, more polishing, more promoting, or to simply step back, understand what we're up against, listen to what we were hearing or not hearing in that case, and pull the plug. So we got together, and we got the whiteboard up, and we erased it. Said that's over. Wow. You know, I'm, I, if I, I'm putting myself in your shoes. Um, I know you said you were inspired by it. Was there a sense of disappointment? Uh, with you uh, there or your was. team? There, let me that's a great question, Marcia, because part of my answer isn't just about the wisdom of engagement and underestimating. My disappointment, quite frankly, was more in the number of people who stepped up. I'm sorry, who were going to step up and didn't. People that mm. rely on, people that made commitments. And we're saying, you know, we're not in this by ourselves. We need our community and so my disappointment was more in uh, maybe underestimating the level of um, authenticity, authenticity out there when it comes to taking people for their word. Um, so that was where my disappointment. I wasn't so disappointed about this tribes because there's a lot of work to go in. A lot of work had gone into it. But uh, I'd rather know now than six months from now that <laughs> we only had 100 people and, um, you know, take that wisdom and do something different. Um, so moving on, um, you know, part of this you said uh, uh, from mine was one of the was the wisdom. OK, mm-hmm. so um, what lessons did you learn from this experience? Well, Somebody said to me, much wiser than me, said one time, a good retreat is better than a bad stand. <laughs> and, uh, and, and my team, I'll talk about my team a little later, but my team here said, you know, we're not retreating. We're just advancing in a different direction. And, I, you know, frankly, that pushed me back a little bit, saying, you know, they're absolutely right. We're just moving the uh, goalpost in a different direction because we're not closing up shop and saying, well, engagement doesn't matter. It still matters to us. Maybe just our model uh, didn't sync with the true marketplace that we had underestimated. So we stepped back for a minute just so we could step forward in a different or better direction. The inspiration, or what I'll call that thirst for a return to genuine engagement, it's still out there. It still exists. We just needed to figure out a different way to tackle it. Uh, And somewhat off to the sidelines, and I started to talk about this, I and we all learn more about what I call authenticity and professional courtesy. And, you know, if I can borrow another quote, somebody said to me, commitment is doing the thing you said you were going to do after the mood you said it in has left you. Mm-hmm. And that really captures what happened. So far too many people let us down, which served as an inspiration to me, frankly. And I'm a publisher. I'm not a writer, but I wrote a, 
I've written two articles now, one on authenticity and one on professional etiquette or follow-through. And guess what? I published them on LinkedIn, LinkedIn and all those other millions of articles. But my point is, I was inspired to talk about that level of disappointment, but none of it had to do with the actual architecture because, you know, we said, we're not giving up. We're just changing directions. And um, so... Talk a little more about um, the lessons learned, because I kind of, you know, you went up because I asked you about disappointment, and you you certainly, you know, it wasn't a, a, a it was a disappointment in terms of people's authenticity, their professional courtesy, but from this moving forward, or also for you moving forward as well as others who want to do something like this, what were some of the other lessons learned? Um, that you can hmm. pass on. Well, I'm going I'm to be a little redundant. One of them was uh, we confirmed, and you know, we confirmed this during, before, and even after the decision was made. Because you know, once you make a decision like that, you know, it's like the uh, they say the dog that catches the car. What do you do with it? Well, we have this mm-hmm. decision now. We have to find a way to eloquently get it out, at least to the hundred and some people that did sign up and say we're interested, and to many people that did. And we're truly intending to help out. So I had some personal chats with those people, and I was just flattered by the response uh, because it wasn't what I expected. Sure, they were disappointed, but they were excited that they that we weren't just pulling the plug on engagement because they still mm-hmm. had that thirst. And we. So my wisdom was, you know, you might think you're going to get a slap in the face there from people that you know you're letting them down. One guy said to me, Dennis, I'm glad you did that now versus down the road because it wouldn't let us down had you launched it entirely, gotten everybody excited, and then pulled the plug. So you did it at the right time. The car hadn't quite come off the assembly line yet, and you knew there was something wrong with the brakes. So thanks for putting the brakes on. So I think one one of the things that I got from, from this as you were discussing it is it's it's a fine line, but you have to know when when do you keep on going, despite some disappointments. But when do you pull the plug? When do you actually say this is it? We've tried. We've done the best we could. And I think the the, the lesson here is that that you you find that there is that you just don't keep on going, 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 because that would be the right. normal is right. you know persist, and, and persist, would, uh, persist, persist, persist. Yes. Thing to do, I think, Marcia. Um, uh, uh, so um, so that was one of the lessons. Um, was there anything else that you found from this? Uh, well, um, I, you know, I've learned a lot about my team. Let me talk about the team for just a minute because sure. I keep talking about them, and frankly, they keep me grounded. I've got a group of what I'll call millennial talent, and what does that mean? As a local university I've gone to, and I've grabbed some great, I'll call them interns, but I think they're better than that, and they just have this unquenchable level of energy, intellect, enthusiasm, and it just kept you know, I didn't want to feel like it was just my decision because if those guys said to me and those gals said, let's go forward, I probably would have gone forward. But we had some mm-hmm. really interesting discussions, and they're looking at it from a, from the, almost from the user end. How would they feel if they were out there and there was a small group, small tribe? Would that be enough for them? Would there be enough engagement? Would that have caused more frustration? So I have to say I've learned the quality of the people that have been surrounding me. Uh, it's just just keeps me grounded in the right direction. And they're the ones that talk about let's 
you know, as I said earlier, let's just go in a different direction, Dennis. We're not going to pull the plug here. So now, picking up that last thought, um, what's next on the drawing board? What's well, here's that what na- we did. Yeah, so how are you go- where are you going with this? So as I said, we didn't cast aside the thirst or the demand for real engagement. And again, in talking to the number of people we've talked to after we pulled the plug, you know, as understanding as they were, they're still out there searching for what they're used to. They really want to have intelligent discussions and, again, triggered by some marvelous ideas that are being published. So we said, we're going to come up with something different. It's going to be more targeted. It's going to take shape differently, but the, the theory is going to be the same, that people still want to gather and have an intellectual chat. So here's what we're doing. And, again, this is still, it's on the whiteboard, but it's moving down pretty rapidly because a lot of the work that went into Biz Tribes, it's the same concept. Here's mm-hmm. the difference. Um, we're going to launch what we're calling a monthly roundtable, kind of a live chat where it's hosted and focused on a single topic, you might remember earlier, Marsha, I said we had five umbrellas. Right. We're going to have mm-hmm. one umbrella. It's going to be once a month. This is the way it's visioned right now. It's going to come from one of our articles. It's going to be hosted. It might be hosted by you at some point, Marsha, based on one of your leadership articles or entrepreneurial articles. Okay. We're going to throw a question out to the crowd. They're going to be able to come on live. It's going to be called Biz Profits Symposium. Biz Profits, spelled P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S because we look at a lot of our thought leaders as prophets in that regard. So we've christened it that. We've got the vision of once a month. We've got the content once again. We've got the questions. We've got the talent, like you once again, and other authors. And we think if it all goes well, we're going to have this thing ready to go in January. Uh, so that's going to be kind of the next evolution. I'll call it phase two of what we pulled the plug on. Wow. Um and have you thought beyond that? Is there a phase three, or you're just so engrossed in phase two that well, you haven't no, really you thought what, about yes, it? Yes, we have. We've, we have, but here's another. This is probably a lesson learned. That's an excellent question because, you know, one of the questions we think needs to come into that forum or that symposium is the question you just asked. You know, how do you, the audience, feel you would like to enjoy engagement going forward? Is our monthly symposium enough? And I think, you know, Marsha, and I know I've seen, you know, dozens upon dozens of articles on engagement, not just employee engagement, which is what you normally read, but just general engagement. So why not create that as a forum topic and let the people that are are actually coming forward and joining us on a monthly basis tell us what they'd like to see, and they can help us model phase two. Right, and that's called getting users' input, you know. Um, Right. Right. And and so that is really interesting. Um, you know, I think this is a good time for a break. We have about another about another minute before our okay. break. But um, any last thoughts on you know where you were, where you are now, and where you're going? Um, just quickly, it's it's truly been. Uh, just a remarkable experience, and uh, I've learned. I mean, I've, I've always looked at this whole concept, whether it be the website or starting that. It's it's an it's an evolution, but it's a remarkable learning experience. I feel smarter in so many different ways, and yet we really haven't launched anything yet. So the learning experience I take to hold, and uh, again, I just treasure the people that surround me. I just feel blessed. 
And I think that's the key point is the 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 journey, the experience exactly. of doing this can give you so much more insights into yourself, into other people, and can be the motivator to move you forward. So at this point, it is time for a short break. I'm Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Dennis Patoko, publisher of Biz Catalyst 360, talking about In Search of Real Engagement. You're listening to The Business Edge on Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. Have you ever heard of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach, at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G L E N, at InspireNexus.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're tuned in to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at SmartMovesCoach.com. Now, back to the Business Edge. Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marsha Seidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurs and business owners create a thriving culture and leadership to build great companies that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Dennis Patoko, editor of Biz Catalyst 360, sharing his entrepreneurial journey in the search for real, genuine engagement. In the last segment, uh, Dennis talked about that, that journey of coming up with a new concept for to, 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 make sh- to develop more genuine engagement, and that concept was uh, Biz Tribes 360. And they, he worked on it with uh, with his team for nine months, and they pulled the plug. And he talked about, you know, why they pulled the plug, some of the lessons learned from that experience, and also where they're moving to. So just to, um, you know, just to cap that, that your, you know, the journey you've been just on, uh, what has been your biggest aha moment? Great question, Marcia, because this might surprise people, the answer. Um, it really was 
maybe focusing on a question you asked earlier, what was your disappointment? It was the number of people surrounding us, not just me, I'm talking about my team of millennials, the number of people that just disappointed us. And uh, it just let us down, and yet we were taking what I'll call a good faith, commitment, handshake, spirit of the moment uh, thought, and putting it in the bank, as they say, to help us get through this. And I mentioned earlier, and I won't dwell on it too long, Marcia, but it inspired me to take away that lesson and say, wait a minute, there's something going on here beyond engagement. There's something going on when it comes to what I'm going to use the term professional etiquette. You can call it professional courtesy. You can call it authenticity. But what I learned there is, you know, it's left, you know, when Elvis left the arena, my question is, did he take that with him? (laughs) Because, uh, you know, I looked up the definition. I actually looked up the definition of etiquette, professional, you know, code of conduct, you know, in the dictionary talks about all these, you know, four syllable words. And then step back and said, wait a minute, you know, professional etiquette to me, it's just about building thoughtful relationships with other people. We can define what thoughtful means, but it's showing up, it's stepping up, it's stepping up on time, it's speaking up, you know, it's being authentic and, you know, open, honest, candid, uh, you know, moving forward, returning that email, returning that phone call, I go on and on, and the more I and my team talked about this, the more I got the gel for an article, and we said, well, wait a minute, you know, keep that in mind, because as an entrepreneur, you know, you can spend a fortune doing sales, marketing, whatever you want to do to sell your product, but guess what? We can be competitive in whatever we do just by showing up, stepping up, delivering, keeping our commitments, giving people, you know, undivided attention, turning off that cell phone, you know, being present in the discussion, being honest. And, you know, when you when I look at the world I live in and the number of people I deal with and the number of people, not just professionally, but I'm talking about personally, two things happen. Number one, when I call somebody on time, they're actually surprised. So wait a minute, <laughs> what's that mean? They're surprised, and they thank me for calling them on. They thank me for showing up early. And that just keeps reinforcing the thought. And if I can do that as a way of operating a new business, whether it be me or anybody, suddenly they're going to remember Dennis car sales, because Dennis's car sales always delivers on what they say. Mm-hmm. You may not like what mm-hmm. they're delivering, but they deliver. So our lesson from that, and something we've tucked away, is remember, that's a competitive edge. It shouldn't be, but it's priceless, and it doesn't cost anything. Right. And um, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm smiling as you're talking about that, uh, because, um, you know, um, the idea of punctuality, the idea of re- uh, uh, um, um, honoring your word, if you were going to get something to me by Tuesday, uh, that was my expectation. And if you couldn't get it, then let me know. So, but we can go on on this. And, and you know, that's going to, could be another um Another show, which is how if we're losing that professional professionalism, how do we bring it back? Um, but oh, I like yeah, right. <laughs> um, mm. maybe you'll be on, and maybe you've done enough research to be on. <laughs> well, at least if nothing else, I'll be on time for the show. <laughs> okay, so um, moving on, because these are the kind of questions I ask all the people who are entrepreneurs who've been on my show, and and it is you know from your experience, what advice or words of wisdom when you give to other entrepreneurs who are either starting or growing a business? What are some do's and don'ts? 
Well, uh, do it. I'm, you know, I'm going to borrow from Nike there when I say just do it. But, you know, I'm, I'm a real fan of quotes from people that I always say are smarter than me. And something I read from Steve Jobs, I was reading his uh, biography years ago, and I scribbled in the margin. He said something along the lines of, do something that scares you every day. You know, it's <laughs> scary. It's scary to launch a website when you're not a technician. It's scary to talk to 200 people around the world and somehow convince them it's worth writing for you. Uh, you know, who are we? Uh, it's scary to launch biz tribes when, you know, you're at the edge of the cliff. You're not sure if there's water down there. But in my career, I've learned you always jump because it's the people that jump. They may bounce a few times on the way down and they may learn a few things and get bruised, but they get back up and they tend to move forward much better than the people that wish they jumped. So uh, call those quotes, call them words of wisdom, Marshall, but boy, take the risk. You know, evaluate it. Don't overthink it, but take the risk. If it's a calculated risk and you've got all the facts you know, I mean, we took the risk. We were disappointed. We were let down. And maybe we underestimated the market for people wanting to engage. But here's where we are. We're smarter. We're going in a different direction. And we're glad we did. Yeah, and and I think there is this um, this challenge of, um, as I say, get out of your comfort zone. I think that's what oh, you're really talking great, about. Great, great tip there, absolutely. And you know, taking the risk, doing it, um, but also knowing when to pull back because not everything right. you know, not everything is going to succeed. And to pull back, and I think you also said something else that's really important. Uh, don't overthink it. You know, how right. many, how many t- you know, um, at some point you have to jump. Um, a- anything, any other words of wisdom? Yes, um, yes. you know, yeah. that, that other thing everybody's heard in their business career and that there's no I in team. Boy, I learned that. When no I in the word team. I just, again, have a team. Don't, be, don't do it yourself. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, but you've got friends, you've got family. Yeah, they may not know your business. But frankly, they're outside the forest, and they might be able to see some of the trees you don't see. I can tell you these millennials that I keep talking about that are my interns, they're not in my business. They don't have my background. They don't, you know, they're, they're still in college. They're learning. But I can't tell you how valuable, better yet, invaluable their advice was. So my, my recommendation, listen, listen to the advice. You know, take it. You may not take it all on board, but respect the fact that you're stepping up and they have just kept me sharp. So surround <laughs> yourself with some good people and I'll use other sounding boards. My wife, my brothers, my sisters, they don't do what I do, but they're great sounding boards. And uh, they help frame things from, I'll call it a user perspective, versus the guy in the middle of the forest. Right. Um, and so I, I, so moving on to the um, general question about entrepreneurs is um, from your experience as well as knowing others, what are the top three traits successful entrepreneurs have? What have you found either personally or working with other entrepreneurs? Well, the, the smart ones, and I wasn't one of them in the beginning, but I've learned like many bright people told me, you have to know when to disconnect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy. To, it's easy, very easy. And Marsha, you know this, being an entrepreneur, lock yourself in a room day and night, and you could. There's always something more you could be doing to build your business and your brain. But your brain needs rest. You got to 
step back, smell the roses, disconnect, get away from those problems, and then come back with more energy. So as much as I'm saying take the risk and jump off the cliff and do it, put yourself on a regular schedule of some sort and get out of that office. And even if it's the office next to your living room in your home, you know, get away from it. Second point I would say is don't stop learning. And I don't mean just from the experience. Uh, I'm fortunate. I have dozens upon dozens of articles coming across every week because of what I do. I read every one of them. I'm the editor. I don't have to read them all, but learn every day. You know, I'm learning from the millennials here, but I'm also learning from the people. And I write down what I learn and, you know, I just, I take it on board and, um, I would encourage people, don't think you've got it all figured out, because I think a success story is always evolving. Ah, I like that. A success story is always evolving. That is a great quote that I'm going to use attributing to you in my next article. <laughs> so, Dennis, I, I want to thank you so much for your time um, and 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 telling your, your entrepreneurial story that may – some people may see it as a failure, but really it is a stepping stone to your next success. So um, can you tell the, the listeners something, you know, how to contact you, um, you know, some, something about you and your business? Sure. The best thing they can do, and it's going to sound like a promotional article for my website, but just come to our website, see what I mean, test it, see if it is delivering upon our commitment for good reading, authentic thought leadership, and write to me if you, whether you think it does or whether you think it doesn't. If you come to the website, it's www.bizcatalyst360.com. There's a contact me there. Uh, stroll through it. See what you learn. Hopefully, you'll sign up and stay with us. And just so if someone didn't quite catch it, um, can you spell bizcatalyst360? Absolutely. It's uh, B-I-Z catalyst. C A T A L Y S T 360.com. Well, again, thank you so much, Dennis. Um, and I, I, this is the second time you're on the show. You, you, the first uh-huh. time you talked about uh, your uh, entrepreneurial journey from banking to where to publisher, and right. today you've talked about. Um, the lessons learned from your the project of Biz Tribes, and we'll have to see in maybe six months from now um, <laughs> where you are, you know, and what that topic may be. So again, I want to thank you so much. Um, and now, listeners, I what is uh, coming up next week? So next week's program to bring to bring magic to your leadership and your business is. How One Person is Making a Difference in Her Community and the World. My guest is Brittany Merrill Underwood, who has made an extraordinary impact through her dedication over the past 12 years to transform the lives of impoverished women and families through the Alcola Project. Alcola operates a social business designed to empower women in disadvantaged communities through training employment, and holistic care. Alcoa's products are sold throughout the country, and their jewelry line is the first full-impact brand to be sold in the luxury space through their national launch in Neiman Marcus. 
So this is, it's going to be a very interesting program because, yes, we're talking to an entrepreneur, but it's a social entrepreneur and how she started this business and where she's taking it. So tune in to hear more of this amazing story from my guest, Brittany Merrill Underwood, on Friday, October 7th at noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern. Now, here's a smart move tip for your week. Every day, go after your high priority, high payoff priorities. Minimize the time spent on stomping ants. Those tasks, they give you a quicker kill and a higher body count, but don't put much meat on the table. So, are you an elephant hunter who goes after high payoff priorities? Or are you an ant stomper? Here's how to find out. Let's do a productivity audit. Contact me at Marsha at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. And now I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked what happened. Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. As a smart moose coach, let me show you how. Thank you for listening to The Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zidel, the smart moose coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. Remember, to be successful, you must get outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidel, the Smart Moves Coach. Join us again next Friday, noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make the leap from a stressful to a successful business. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.